0: Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's a guy who would never be able to fit all of his podcasting equipment in any sort of spy bunker. I'm Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and happy official start to the recap season of Survivor Game Changers, and we are very lucky to have here with us in uh, in the podcasting bunker somebody who is a real life survivor player here with us here in person to kick off the new season he's got a lot of ties to uh, this new season, and of course that uh, he knows a thing or two about being a target and taken down and and targeted in the
1: first episode of an all star season here is the great Vitas Bushkowskis. Vitas how are you I'm good and I do indeed have. Quite a bit of insight to episode one from a returning season. That's about it. Good. Though. Don't have me back any later in this season because I'm not going to know much. <laughs> well, this was sure. <laughs> the
2: perfect
0: spot to uh, have you come on. It's been a while. I don't think that we have podcasts since you played other than your exit interview back in Survivor Second Chance. So it's probably been like, uh, I guess it's going to be, I guess, two years this spring
1: since we last did one of these. So it's nice to catch up. I know your brother's in here all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get him all the time. Aris loves doing it. You know, I, uh, I'm i a huge fan of the show. I think I, I will say, even though Aris comes here more often, I, I, I'm a bigger fan than Aris.
0: Yeah. Is there a
1: rivalry between the two of you over who is the bigger RHAP fan? Uh, there's definitely not a rivalry as far as who's a bigger fan. He, he knows that I've been a fan for longer. I have a little bit more insight and he doesn't really even have cable. He watches the show with an antenna, so he can't replay the show. He oftentimes goes online. Oh, you've been a Survivor fan longer. Survivor fan longer. But as, as far as your podcast go, I think we're, we're about equal. About equal. Okay. It would be a good
0: sumo at sea to have some sort of a -A RHAP trivia contest to see... Who would be the
1: winner? Yeah, I, I think I think I'm going to go say it right now. I listen to more of your podcast than okay. All right, yeah. these are fighting
0: words. <laughs> okay, so we are here. We're going to go through everything. Uh, Vetus, this morning I got a chance to speak to uh, your. Uh, I'm assuming friend and former tribe mate uh, Sierra Easton. Yeah. Uh, I talked to her. She was in pretty good spirits uh, coming through this. Did did you uh, have any sort of uh, encouraging words for her after all this?
1: You know, I haven't talked to her yet. I just I know that the night of the episode, you get voted out and there's all the press to do the following morning. I was planning on calling her later today. We talked a little bit before the episode yesterday. I fortunately have not been spoiled this season, so I didn't know it was coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw like a comment on one of her Instagram posts, like maybe alluding to the fact that she might have been the first boot. But. I was heartbroken for her, man. It was, you know, to watch that go down, it brought back all of the feelings I had from the first time I got voted out. And you could tell that she was completely blindsided by it. You know, I, I, I knew some votes would be going my way, but... Man, it sucks. It sucks to be the first boot. Okay. Also, I spoke with Tony this morning. Had a super-sized
0: Tony interview that went up that we were uh, probably around, we do like, you know, 15 minutes. And Tony did the move, which uh, is I always, always nice. He's like, come on, give me some more time. Come on, come on. We could do it. I, I have, I've got eight more minutes. Uh, and they said, okay, we'll allow it. Uh, and really, I think it's the first time that anybody's done that move since I believe, ironically enough, Troyzan back in Survivor 24 uh, is at the uh, like, hey, let's run through the, uh, the third base coach is saying, stop, let's wa- wave me home.
1: Yeah, well, Tony's in it to win it. You know, he said it last night, and I don't. Th- I don't think he knows the game's quite over for him yet. So he's still trying to get as much face time yes. in there as possible. Well, I appreciate it because then Tony, then
0: he goes. He's very reclusive. Where then he's going to go back and hide in his spy bunker again for a couple of years. We may not hear from him again. So. I was excited to get some extra time with Tony. That's all up in the podcast feed, and of course that we did the know it alls with Stephen last night. You were saying you were listening uh, on
1: the way over yeah, here. Yeah, I did. I did listen to the know it alls from last night. I didn't get to hear any of the exit interviews this morning, but I listened to you and Stephen kind of hash it out last night. I have some. I, I agree with a lot of your points on that stuff. I have some counterpoints for some of it too. But you know, I always appreciate you guys' insight and talking about it right away because I'm sitting at home alone, you know, trying <laughs> to rap with my people about it, and there's right. not many people to call. So you know, I don't have a lot of friends. What about Aris? Well, you know, Aris is. He doesn't have cable. He played a basketball (laughs) game last night. So I think he had to wait till this morning to watch the episode. So, um, you know, I. Uh, one, my, one of my best friends is Ozzy these days and so we were going to try to watch the episode last night together but I had to go to a PTA meeting so I couldn't I couldn't actually watch it with him okay but, uh, we talked a little bit later in the evening
0: all right so uh, if you missed the know-it-alls last night definitely check that out very fun to catch up with Steven and then we have our voicemail show coming up uh, one of your other fellow second chance yeah. uh, competitors Cass McEwen is going to be on the voicemail are, are you have do you have any uh, relationship with with Cass is she just somebody like that you you weren't on a tribe with her
1: do you know her at all yeah never was on a tribe with Cass, um but she has my socks from second chances you know <laughs> okay we, we, we had to go Do you want me to ask her we about had them to go to tribe i've talked to her about it man and she you know she'll sometimes play a little bit dumb like what socks and then the other day she posted a picture of my socks on her twitter account and i was you know i was a little bit like hey why don't you send me those socks to get back varner had my shoes he sent them back to me why don't you throw Vitas's socks in the fire you know she has my socks she used to wear them and i think somebody else has my sweatpants from second chances as well you know you know, my clothes are just strewn about with ex-survivor players, so I'm not sure exactly. Okay, but collector's I'm items. I'm excited to hear her insight, man, because Cass, Cass is smart, dude, and I really love, I really loved her game in second chances watching her, and I, I really think that she's got a good head on her shoulders as far as Survivor goes.
0: Okay, so we'll talk with her. That podcast will be up on Friday. Also, just to set the stage a little bit, uh, Taryn and Alex are are still here, that uh, Taryn is here visiting. Uh, Taryn and I are going to go to a taping of American Ninja Warrior tonight. Uh, live studio audience in the studio today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: So Taryn and Alex are here. You're maybe, you're maybe laughing. That's probably me.
0: We <laughs> might get some questions from the audience uh, later on in this episode. Love that, dude. So we'll Bring see. Em. Bring them. Okay. All right. So, I would love to get into, again, uh, robswebsite.com slash iTunes for, uh, for all that stuff. OK, so let, let's get into talking about this. And uh, I, I would just love to get your take to see Sierra go out that you have to imagine that y- you, know, you played with her. There's uh, probably few surprises to you in her game. But were you
1: surprised how big of a target she had on her back coming into this game? You know, I'm actually not sure how big the target itself was coming into the game. I think she made like a few small errors on the beach early on. Um, You know, it's funny. Dalton did that thing where he posted names of people that had like, here's who you're gunning for. And I think maybe one person was gunning for Sierra. Yeah, Michaela. Michaela was gunning for. But otherwise it was, hey, Tony and Sandra and Sari. And, you know, I I don't think Sierra was a huge target. That being said, she has been portrayed as villainous in the past. And everybody kind of knows that. Mm -hmm. but, you know, the first vote, and it's, and it's one of these things. I think it's the only real vote in Survivor that happens without a ton of strategy. People's deepest fear going onto the show is as long as I'm not first. I do not want to be first. So yeah. it, it, the first tribal is one of those primal fear things. It's truly everybody plays Sandra's game as long as it's not me. And there's not a lot of logic. There's not a lot of strategy going into it. And the fact that Sierra threw out a name or two early on and that could be turned out around against her was just easy fodder for her to be the first out you know I was thinking back
0: to survivor blood versus water and uh, you know when we look at that cast it's such a uh, a crazy cast because okay so you were the first person out in Cambodia now Sierra is the first person out in uh in game changers Tina is the first person out in survivor all-stars and then the actual first boot in that season is like really is it Rupert
1: or is it uh Jervis's niece it's, uh, I think it's it, very it's very muddy yeah it, well i think it's jervis i think it's jervis's niece because rupert wasn't actually the first boot right it was rupert's wife yes but yeah and then <laughs> he was supposed to be eliminated but then he from, was the first eliminated the so yeah, and that's yeah. sort of
0: it's just weird that that season doesn't have like an actual like uh, that you can a uh, cut and dry first yeah. boot but you have a season where you have some really great players that are also
1: the first boot uh in different seasons that are on that season yeah, man. You know, Blood versus Water is somewhat of a tainted season as far as first boots go. And mm-hmm. I, I fear for anybody else that's brought back again to a returning player. Is there a curse? Did Tyson blood curse water. Blood versus Water? Tyson's a powerful player. I, I do not, you know, I do not think Tyson's not capable of that. Yeah. Does a person from Blood versus Water have to go out in every future All-Star season? It's possible. I mean, but look at what Tyson did when he came back for a third time after he, you know, he wasn't first boot in Heroes Villains, but after getting, a, you know, an making an awful choice, he came back and won it all. So maybe there's a curse yet a glory after that. Maybe if I came back a third time, I could pull yeah. a Tyson. Now, Francesca hadn't had the, uh, the curse of, <laughs> from, you know, uh, first out to anything else. Yeah. Francesca, man, it's, you know, having been a first boot, I feel so much more for her even, you know, yeah. having known what she went Although through. Although Tina did have a deep run in blood versus water. To be fair, Tina had a deep run. Tina had a deep run. She won, got voted out first and then had a deep run again. Yeah. So,
0: In terms of, you know, because we've never really had a a long conversation about this. the, the, the going out there, I know you were so very upset at the time mm-hmm. uh, of being the person who was the first boot. I believe you said that, hey, if I knew I was going to, I would rather have not
1: gone yeah. than gone and been voted out first. Do you still feel that way? I do still feel that way. It's being first boot is getting to play the game for three days and then having to make, for me, I actually made a decision to come back and like not put my life on hold, but it's putting your life on hold for two months. And for those of us that have busy lives, have things going on, to be out and be, play the game for three days is extremely disappointing and it's not really worth it to, mm-hmm. to have that happen which is why i left ponderosa and everybody knows that i left yes i was bummed that i got voted out first but for me that choice was really simple In that like okay they're gonna pay me a little bit of money to stay around or i can go finish my life, like, get back to, like, my one-year-old son and, like, my job and other things I need to do. So it really wasn't a question for me. Yeah. Well, I don't know if everybody does, uh, does know that. And I don't think
0: we've ever uh, talked about it, really, in, in detail. And we don't have to get into uh, the, you know, gory details of it. Mm-hmm. but So you went out of the game, and then uh, you basically said, hey, I, you know, I, I don't want to be here. And, I, and believe me, I would be the same way. Yeah. I went through in Survivor All-Stars. I got voted out on day 12. And I didn't have kids. All I had was a girlfriend at the time. uh, And... I was miserable. I I was like, I just, I all I want to do is go home. This is terrible. I don't want to be here. Like, I I came here to play Survivor. I'm just out here. Like, uh, and and I was with Tina and Rudy for like four weeks. Uh, And uh, (laughs) Tina, who's lovely, and Rudy, uh, who was very very fun to to be around. It was just really one of the like darkest uh, times. Again, first world problem, but uh, it was a a very depressing time for me. And I didn't have a family at that time. And it's one of the reasons why. I really, um, you know, I'm not super excited to go and and ever do this again. Just the idea of like, what if
1: you go out, you know, day three, day six, and then you're you're stuck there for 33 days. Yeah, it is. It is, especially in returning season, because if you haven't played before, because most people that get asked back are people that have made it further in the game. There's a few pre jury people in the season, but for the most part, when you come back, you've done well. Like I had an experience in Blood versus Water where I made the merge. I had interesting things happen for me in the game, and it was a wonderful full time getting to play and to come back and get voted out first it was so disappointing i was broken hearted i love survivor and then to say okay well you can't go home for 38 more days or mm-hmm. 37 more days for me it was a really simple choice like i have a 1 year old son i have other things going on at home and you know it's just not a choice for me i'm, I'm leaving and you know they said no, you can't leave. And I said, you know, I've been to prison. This isn't prison. I'm going home. Give me my passport. I'm out of here, you know? And they were, they were sweet about it. They understood. Even I talked to Jeff. He was like, dude, I get it. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. a father too, you know? It was Father's Day was coming up. And so, when I watched this season and I watched Sierra, who I, and you know, Sierra and I are friends and I've made a great friendship with her in Blood versus Water, <laughs> watching the look on her face as they read those votes, man, like it, it tugged at my emotions. Like, it was hard for me to see when she was realizing, like, wow, like, my game is over that fast. And I felt so badly for her. It it, it really truly is the vote that no logic is used in. People really start thinking after the first vote, but nobody wants to be first. And as long as it's not them, they're happy to write somebody else's name on that paper.
0: And then in terms of when you did leave, did they tell you at the time, like, hey, you can leave, that's fine, but just so you know, then we're going to have the finale mm-hmm. and you're not going to be part of it if you leave here. Did you know that consequence at that yeah, time? So they
1: told me to say, OK, if you leave, yeah. you're not going to get your you know, per diem rate for being out here and you're not going to get to return back to the finale. And I when I talked to Jeff, he said, yes, that's the position of the network right now. But you know, they've said that before and people still came. Mm-hmm. So I said, Okay, well as long as I go home and I don't get on social media, I don't go and and I didn't tell anybody in my circle of right. friends. I wasn't like, hey, go vote it out first, you know, FU survivor. I uh I went back and I really tried to keep my head down and try to you know, like appease the network in hopes that they would change their mind. But yeah. Apparently on this season they wanted to make a make a stern sort of warning to future players who left early. And you know what? And it's, if I had that choice again I would do it the same as well I yeah. would still have left location to me showing up to to sit on the top corner of the live show and not that, even get look, a question softball that and, is and, not that big of a deal not
0: for anything Vetus you know that didn't go so great when you sat in that cursed seat the first
1: time you know yeah. but maybe you just... need to go there and, and reverse the curse and go sit in that cursed seat again in that cursed photo yeah man that cursed initial photo <laughs> Vetus top left corner dude get out of there yeah man.
0: But, but it turned out to be a like oh, he said, oh is this a premonition of the future no because you were
1: even going to be sitting in that corner, so yeah. maybe the cursed photo was just uh not even a real thing. It was tough, man. It's it's just you know loving the game so much, and people say, Well, it's just a game. Why do people get so emotional over it? Because it's a game that you put your yeah. life on hold for for months. It's a game that you are, it's not like Monopoly was like, Oh, just set them up the pieces, let's play. It's not like a game of chess. I play chess every day, all right? Let's set them up again, let's go again. You'll be black, I'll be white this time. It's a game that so few people get a chance to play and to get to play twice, and you know, it's. It's yeah, a, it's an amazing game all right so somebody else
0: that you played with and probably uh less hoopla around uh this but you also played with jeff jeff varner back in mm-hmm. survivor blood versus water and he was one of the key cogs in terms of flipping from the shelter people to the beach people mm-hmm. that ultimately led to you going home that he could have stuck with your group and voted for abby maria I thought he was going to run into a very hard time in this season. I, I really, we talked, we've, talked to run this through many times i was very worried about jeff being the first boot in the season because i said that okay after how hard he played and uh and pre-gamed in survivor second chances i thought that i don't think people are going to trust jeff and also you know his conditioning could be a factor which he looked great but jeff was really riding him uh last night but overall i thought that jeff looked very good in the episode other than when Jeff was, was like uh really roasting him in both of the
1: challenges uh what did you think of Jeff yeah it was it was you know it was great to see him play i I don't have a big resentment against him, as far as like my vote out is concerned. Like having gone back and done the the post mortem and kind of seen what happened, you know, he was an old player just trying to get with some new gaming and and I and I and I agree with you. He did play really hard in second chances, and I and I thought that he would be perceived as somebody not to be trusted, and I thought he would have a hard time coming out. But it seems like he's really found an even keel out there, as far as like a voice of reason amongst the tribe. I I even liked how he said at the end, like, "Hey, I like Tony. You know, like this is okay. He's you know a good guy." I think that J- Jeff is self-aware a little bit more this time mm-hmm. and he knows, you know, ha- how not to behave out on that beach. His conditioning is absolutely awful. And I think when you couple something together with like somebody who's not to be trusted and somebody who does awful and challenges, it's gonna be difficult, but I agree. He also looks great. Very handsome guy. Yes. Very, yeah. very handsome man. You know, proud of him. He got, got in shape, not a very functional conditioning, <laughs> obviously, but yeah. 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 <laughs> but,
0: uh, I think that there's a big difference in this game so far, and at least the early going in Survivor Second Chances. That I feel like that the speed of the game. That I feel like there's a conscious shift, and I I like to put this in terms of like uh, sports, where I feel like that we have gone from like a very fast paced game. uh, That maybe the game was getting too fast, like coming into your season in Second Chances. That I feel like there's a conscious effort to sort of like slow the game down by the players, uh, while that people are trying to make big moves. I also think that people are also at the same time. There's like a like, hey, everybody, slow down. What's go like uh, that? You're making me feel uncomfortable. That you need to go. Whereas that there was a sense I think coming into your season in second chances that people we got to like, hey, for when the bell rings, boom, this game is on. And we saw like that manifestation in the beach people of like, hey, mm-hmm. we got to be making all these alliances on the first day. I, I really think that, you know, uh, that season began to be a turning point of people starting to move away from that
1: in terms of what the players are comfortable with. But I think a lot of that is also just the way the season has been hyped. Second Chances was, now you get a chance to do something. Mm-hmm. And so everybody, the pressure was on to do something. Mm-hmm. Whereas Game Changers, it has been prefaced, you have already done something. You have changed the oh, game. That being said, maybe there's not quite a, much of a pressure on people to change that game. now. If you've you've pe- already accomplished something. Yeah, you've changed this game, so now let's all just kind of see where it's going to go. Second <laughs> Chance was you get another chance to do something and so people fix it they needed to get get it down it's let's active. do something big you know mm-hmm. um i think anytime you have a returning player season you have to understand and this was my philosophy going into second chances it didn't work but i still believe it you have to understand what everybody's emotional trauma is from the first time they played or the first few times they played what happened to them and how are they going to act to try to fix that and you have winners that never really had a trauma you know, like somebody like Tony, no, nothing ever really bad happened to that guy. So he's like, I don't really need to fix much. Or Sandra, like I can stay the same way because I won. Whereas people who got hosed or blindsided, they're going to do something different because they don't want to feel that way again.
0: Yeah, uh, we saw Sierra mention that. And I feel like that's something that Tyson often uh, has mentioned, like the person who's won on their first time. And, and I think that probably that he was referencing uh, Aris in in that uh, instance where, you know, here's somebody who won the first time and hasn't had the, you know, taken the punch of getting voted out of the game, and it's a different feeling for that person coming back as opposed to the person where it all worked out you never I had that a little bit in my second season where i while i didn't win the game, I never got blindsided in Survivor the Amazon, and i didn't know that feeling of hey everything's not right right now. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I like, and I feel like if I ever was to play again, I would go into another game saying like, Hey, hold on. This
1: doesn't feel the way it's supposed to feel when you are getting somebody. Yeah. They're not talking to me. Why are they going off on walks without talking to me? Yeah. You know, if you haven't had that feeling before, you never been blindsided. And it was
0: the first vote with new people. So I'm like, ah, oh, maybe that's just how these guys do it. I, I don't know. Um,
1: but it, yeah, it's definitely, I think that's something that you, uh, don't forget that trauma once it happens. No, absolutely not. And you look at somebody who maybe made it to the end, like fan favorite Sierra Don Thomas, who like yes. made it really far, you know, close to the end. And just wh- why couldn't she win? I think she might be more of a pressure to make a bigger move or somebody like Haley, who maybe really didn't make big moves the first time she might think that's what I have to do this time. But look at a player like Aubrey. Aubrey, in my opinion, should have won. I don't think Aubrey needs to change her game at all. Mm -hmm. Aubrey could go, if Aubrey plays the same exact game, I think she'd have a great chance of winning. There are some people that need to absolutely change their game to have a chance of winning. So it's going to be interesting to see who evolves their game, who doesn't evolve their game. Tony, Tony's evolution of the game was taking the Spy Shack underground. Make it a bunker. That is not an evolution, especially when you're coming out there, you know, and and people have, have such a big target on your back. like. If Tony could have pulled the Cass, he had a shot. You know, Cass. What do you mean by that? Cass's evolution in second chances was amazing. She went from chaos Cass to I'm friendly Casanova, dude. She was so sweet. You know, nurturing, making gifts for people on their birthday. Like, Mm -hmm. if Tony could have maybe done that, now it takes a while for people to believe it. He would have had to survive for people to believe it after the first episode, but he came in and the first second running off for an eye was saying, I'm not going to do anything different. And so people like, okay, great. Well, he's going to be gone. He didn't try to evolve his game whatsoever. Yeah. And he was doomed from the start. So,
0: do you feel like that there was anything he could have done differently? You're saying that he,
1: if he would have uh, been taken on a different persona, yeah, I think if Tony comes to the beach and says, "Hey guys, I know I was crazy last time. I'm going to try to be more somebody," and whether people don't believe it or they do believe it, if he if he keeps it up long enough, maybe they start to believe it and think, "Well, maybe Tony isn't as crazy this time." I think th- that was his only shot to try to change it, and and I see that maybe he was going to try to make it more extreme and like almost mix it up and just confuse people, but there's no way that in a returning player season that that would have worked. If it was a maybe uh, you know, him and a bunch of new players on a tribe, that could have worked, but not in a returning player season. Yeah. I
0: think that for Tony, while I, I think that maybe he might have made some people uneasy, I think that the real big thing that you have to look at is that confrontation he had with Sandra. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he's up in the middle of the night and she's talking with Troy Zan, And they're going through everything, and then he ends up being spotted by her. And he told me in the exit interview she actually saw him while he was, like, crawling around. She says, Tony, what are you doing over there? You look like a dog. Uh, And then he came out and then started, like, confronting them. But I think that the way
1: that they – that he engaged with her – It was awful. It was absolutely – I agree with you 100%. You know, you catch people talking. Great. Ask him what they said. He heard what they said. Okay, they lied to you. So what if they're awful lies? Now you know that they're liars. You don't have to punish them. Like, he came off and got angry at them. Like, oh, you're lying to me. I know they're plotting against you. Just keep it in the back of your mind as information. You Mm -hmm. know, keep that. Don't start lashing out at people once you hear them because everybody's going to lie. And you can't start lashing out. once he starts lashing out, then all of a sudden he puts the target on himself. Yeah, I think that
0: Tony, if there was anything that I could, like, try to, you know, talk to him about, if he was ever going to go play again, it's almost like he needs to like. Like exhaust himself like he's almost like a boxer mm-hmm. that like comes in and he's too strong into these things like he needs to just be like running like a big dog like you need to just like tony go run 500 laps uh, like up and down the beach totally and then at nighttime you can go to sleep and not be like having so much nervous energy that you're up thinking of things uh, you know crazy ideas and I guess it is natural when you wake up at four o'clock in the morning and it's like, oh, there's one of our tribe mates, like, uh, laying in the weeds, uh, hoping to <laughs> catch us. So we are talking, he's like, uh, sneaking up on us. It, you know, it's a hard thing to uh, get around. So he's fun and he, and it's, but it,
1: it I can see why it's too much. And the, and that first Alliance of five that they created, great idea. Like winners should have each other's backs. Like yeah. Sandra's logic of taking me to the end. Nobody's going to give me a million. Let's winners stick together that, that that alliance idea was so great and they just – their emotions, their their egos, it, it just got in the way of them being able to f- fulfill an excellent – what I saw was an excellent strategy. Can you talk to me about it from Sandra's perspective though? Do
0: you think that she got a, a little too excited about the idea of knocking out Tony? Do you think that she should have tried to mend fences with him because to lose another winner – and I have said that I think that the, the recipe for Sandra in this season – much like in the Pearl Islands where she had Johnny Fairplay, who was such a great foil for her, uh, certainly in Heroes versus Villains where she could sit at the end with Russell and catch all of those anti-Russell votes that Tony could have been a person that if he got to the end and he did somehow dupe all these people, could have made a lot of
1: people upset on the jury, and she could have stood there and said, you know what, Tony is an ass, yeah, I think I think Sandra is the female incarnation. They are so similar in their emotions. They're so strong. She had a great idea of her strategy. She's the female incarnation of Tony? Yeah, I think, th- I, think oh I, th- yeah. I, th- I think they're very similar to each other. Oh my god. I I think they're very similar to each other and that they are very strong and they're leaders and I just she had a great strategy. She came in and said, "The only the only way, you know, somebody's going to give me a million dollars if I'm at the end with winners." So she knew she had to bring winners with her. Do you believe that? I don't believe that, but I think that's. I think that if she is at the end with winners, she has a better chance. I think it's going to be really hard for somebody to award her three times. I also think that her logic of telling everybody, bring me to the end, nobody's going to give me the money, is great. Tell everybody, hey, you want me. Who's, right. going, to, who's going to give me a million dollars a third time? Nobody. Bring me to the end. She needs to stick with those things, but she didn't because she got so emotional. Her ego got a little bit dug by, oh, Tony's coming after me. Oh, I will get you. That little bit of like a streak came out like, oh, hell no. I'm going to get you before you get me and that when you play survivor like that when when you kind of come off the cuff like that and you get a little bit like hot-headed you're not going to win and make bad moves especially early on tony said early on he said i'm playing to win i don't care i'm playing to win survivor is like chess there's three phases of the game there's the opening game the middle game and the end game in the opening game you are playing not to lose Yes. You cannot win in the opening game. You are playing not to lose. So you, I don't care if you're trying to play for win or not. It's the opening still. In the middle game, that's when the game is the most tactical and there's the most things happening. That's when you can really play to win. In the end game, you're just converting your advantage to the very end. But it's the middle game where you play to win. In the beginning, you just play not to lose. And I don't care what he's saying. I'm playing to win right now. You can't play to win in the Second Tribal Council. It doesn't happen like that. Yeah. That's a really great
0: point, uh, especially where we're looking at this uh, decision between Sandra and Tony. Do you think that the play-not-to-lose move was to just knock out Tony at that second vote instead of Sandra?
1: You mean for the rest of the tribe? Yeah, for the other seven people that are voting. The play not to lose move is probably to vote out Sandra because Tony's stronger at challenges. Yeah. You know, Malcolm said it, like, he said easy, like it's real simple, That like, keep the tribe, the most, lo, the most logical thing to do is to keep a tribe strong because we do not want to keep losing. That being said, they also probably knew they're going to shake things up. There might be a tribe swap as there is going to be happening next episode. So, you know, they maybe know that's not going to happen, but keeping the tribe strong is so important. Look at that. Shireen went after me. Shireen's, Shireen's trauma was Shireen, Shireen. I'm not even for sure of her name. Come, sure, on. Come on, <laughs> Venus. Her trauma was she got hosed by the men in the Dirty 30. So she came on to our tribe like, what man do I need to go after to get vengeance on these men that were so mean to me? And she yeah. came after me. Now, what happened when she voted out the strong guy? That team continued to lose challenges. Mm-hmm. I think if you play not to lose early on, just keep the strong people around. Who's causing discord? Who's overplaying? That's what we need to look for in the beginning. Okay. We've touched so
0: much on Mana. Let's Mm -hmm. uh, touch on the Nuku Nuku tribe. Now, of course, here's Brad Culpepper that Mm -hmm. you also famously played with. I love Brad. You know what? Uh, While we're here talking about Brad Culpepper, I actually referenced the tribal council where Brad went home. You flipped your vote. Uh, It was a 3-3 tie after Caleb ultimately said, I'm going to vote with uh, Sierra and Katie Mm -hmm. and forced a 3-3 tie at that tribal council. Under the new rules,
1: that would immediately go to rocks. And but it wouldn't I cite- immediately – you can still get a – a consensus though, right? You can still talk amongst yourself. It wouldn't immediately go to rocks, right? Can you still say? Yes. Hey, unless so in this know. situation, okay. So in that okay. situation, I probably could have convinced Hayden, right. and Said, hey, we don't want to go to rocks. Sorry, Brad, we love you, but we're switching. That's okay. probably what would have happened because okay. I was not going. I did not <laughs> want to go to rocks pre-jury. We're not going over go, there over know. over Brad. Okay. Yeah. So
0: I just think that that's an interesting example of here's okay. Here's a tie where somebody uh-huh. uh, ended up flipping, and it happens to be with you know two of the people you know Sierra is so famous for that other rock draw. And then here's Brad also back in the season. All right. So here's Brad. And I think that we have seen a more relaxed mm. Brad Culpepper uh, so far. He's evolving it, it, his game. So I'm far in this him. season. Yeah.
1: You're you're proud of Brad. I'm proud of Brad. Do Brad. you
0: feel like that, the Brad that we saw? Because I think that the company line from Brad was, hey, that Brad that you saw in Survivor Blood versus Water, that wasn't me. That this Survivor, this is Monica's thing. I was only just trying to, you know, take bullets for her and try to eliminate people that I thought were threats for Monica. Everything I did, the, all of the bad stuff you saw for me in that game, that was only for the purpose of advancing Monica.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't think you saw the real Brad. He also, you know, he was voted out, what, fourth that season. So it's difficult to see a lot of a real uh, real player when you get voted out so early. Some of my favorite moments from that season were with Brad on the beach. Brad is smart. Brad is funny. Brad is positive. Brad doesn't overplay. And you didn't get any of that from seeing the edit. All you got was his bad math. So, and that's great for Brad this season because people are going into the season saying, "Eh, maybe Brad's not that smart. Mm -hmm. You know? But Brad's a smart guy. And Brad's, and so Brad has an excellent opportunity now. People are gonna just underestimate who he is and the player that he is and he's going to go along and make friends because he's a really personable guy really fun guy you know he doesn't overplay that whole Casa Culpepper thing that was totally not true I mean if anybody, that was fake news that was fake news if anybody would have been flown out to Casa Culpepper it would have been me because yeah. I was a li- I was allied with Brad pre game to second chances okay um, so you know I think Brad's in a great place you know Brad's emotional history was what he aligned with the men and got voted out so now he's saying okay I'm going to try to align with the women more. again people try to play differently based on what happened to the first time he's aligning with the women he's playing softer and i think he's set himself up he's doing great so far and i'm really really proud of him you're gonna see great things from brad i believe that
0: i really like last night when uh brad culpepper was scratching his back with a hammer
1: i didn't know yeah, if I he was like that holding part. like a
0: hammer and he was like using it yeah, like yeah, a yeah, back yeah, yeah. Remember, scratcher. i've never that. seen a, a person do that before but uh brad is so tough That he can use a a hammer to uh,
1: scratch his own back. I mean, Brad is probably one of the toughest dudes I've ever met. He had a really long career in the NFL. You know, if you saw him doing all the work at the bottom of that snake last night in the challenge, he was the guy at the bottom in the water lifting that snake up to everybody. Brad's a great person to have on your tribe. And I think he's doing a great job of not becoming a target early on. Yeah. And that's an excellent role for Brad to be in. So I'm really stoked for him. Okay. Now...
0: I don't know if you have any relationship whatsoever with Sari, but obviously she went and made a very deep run with Aris back in Survivor she Panama. Sure did. yeah. Okay. But here she was, and she was very much on the hot seat last night
1: over at the Nuku tribe. First off, uh, do you know Sari at all? I've met Sari a few times. I met Sari at Ars Finale, and then I think we all hung out one time after that season. But I don't really know her that well okay. now. But you've watched her at least her first game closely. I watched her first game. I watched her second game. I don't know if I watched her third. How many times? This is the fourth this is time, four, right? For sure. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I watched the game where she took she took Eric's immunity, where she yes. didn't gave up the immunity. <laughs> yeah, it's fans versus fans favorites. favorites. Yeah. Okay. So, how did you feel like she was
0: handling this notion that your buddy Ozzy is uh, not super comfortable with Saria after getting blindsided by a group that she was in in
1: Micronesia? I think she was a little bit naive handling that. I think that it, to expect that somebody's gonna forget that you caused them to be out of the game is is naive. Ozzy mm-hmm. remembers it. He knows Sari was the person who was you know responsible for his ousting. That being said it was one of the people. One of the people. That being said, I think, you know, her directness, I don't I don't think it was necessary. She could have just started being nice to him. Like, you know, they didn't need to actually talk, hey, do you forgive me? Is that okay? I mean, Okay, just, hey, be nice Dottie. Let, let, let's start to get some water under the bridge instead of duress, directly addressing it, I think would have been better. But, you know, Seri's a great player. Watching her last night, she, man, she is so shrewd. I, I love watching her.
2: You know,
0: it's a... F- unique position for her because on the one hand she has ozzy who she had a hand in ozzy losing back in micronesia which is sort of a weird rivalry thing because it happened two seasons ago for ozzy like it wasn't even like the most recent time he played Uh, but also then she has like the same thing with jt also where jt had a major part in her going home so at the same time, she has to sort of like manage two things. It's like some sort of like uh, like crazy love triangle where, if anything, Ozzy should be mad at her and she should be mad at JT. And she's sort of like in the middle of these two guys who are seemingly close allies – I mentioned on the Know It Alls last night that I thought it was weird. We didn't get to see any sort of interaction between JT and Suri, But there was a secret scene uh, that I watched this morning, which it looks like that the secret scenes, at least so far this season, you have to watch them on CBS All Access. Uh, I oh, watched really? it on my on the app mm. for CBS All Access. Uh, it was not on YouTube, which it has been in the past. But I don't know if I've heard officially that's where they're all going to be from that's now a on. Bummer. Uh, but... The conversation between uh, JT and Sari was one of the secret scenes that were there. And she said, hey, just so you know, I'm not coming for you. You know, you don't come for me. And in her confessional, she's like, hey – how come I have to apologize to JT? He's the one that voted me out. Why do I have to go to him and say I'm sorry for him voting me out? And it's like, oh, that you just have to. Sorry. Well, she yeah, she yeah. just
1: she just has a higher emotional intelligence than a lot of these other yeah. players. You know, men are you know we're traditionally a little bit you know. Immature when it comes to our emotions and holding on to grudges. So, mm-hmm. as a woman who doesn't have a lot of connections, she's an older player. She, you know, she, there's a lot of newer players and she doesn't have a lot of these newer connections. So, for her, yes, yeah, she has to use her, her, feminine intuition to try to, and, you know, really help these men feel comfortable. They're like, hey, I'm not trying to get you. You know, it's all good. We're friends. And I, I think she's doing a good job of that. It's tough. You know, I talked to Brad this morning a little bit on the phone. I was like, tell me what it was really like out there. You know, and he said that after they after they won that first one, like, they didn't talk strategy. Like, they didn't want to talk strategy because mm-hmm. they were so happy that they won. And he said that everybody on the beach got along great and it was all just really, like, people weren't really strategizing that hard. You yeah. know? so I really do
0: believe that in in terms of like these uh seasons where you have returning players that 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 the people that put the tribe first i I think that that is the much more successful way to go and again you can get to like things like intentional matt singh and and then sort of like you know uh like iron sharpens iron are you better off going to Mm -hmm. a couple of early uh tribal councils uh you know um it's certainly, you know, Spencer gets to the end after going through a few tribal councils with the KO, but ultimately Jeremy wins it and he was on the tribe that was much more functional. I think that if I was going to be a part of like some sort of like all returning player season, I think I'd, I really would try very hard to sort of like foster – tribe before alliance. I think that that's a really
1: big thing because I think that these fractured tribes, then they go to the challenges and it just doesn't work. It's going to be interesting to see with the tribe swap next week. You know, we have one tribe that has just been in, har- in harmony. You know, they, they were Ozzy's tribe. They had the toolkit. Apparently they made an amazing shelter and, you know, they've been mm-hmm. really having all this food and great times and feeding the chickens and blah, blah, blah. Then you have another tribe that's, you know, had to cut each other's people. Tony and Sandra running around saying, I'm the king. No, I'm the queen. And like this was to be interesting to see like just how difficult it's been for each of those because I know for me every time I went to tribal council it's hard you stay up later at night your mind is running more with the numbers do I really have this person you you really are having to work a lot more mentally and and it becomes difficult especially as the game wears on
0: yeah everybody is so focused on the individual game and who's my alliance and who's my voting block but I think that in a lot of ways just the fundamentals of tribe first mentality I think that really does you know it's going to help you avoid going to these tribal councils Councils, and again, if you're just playing not to lose, the easiest way not to lose in those first couple of votes is just to avoid to go going to tribal. that tribal council. No. And I think that we saw a big difference between these two tribes, where I think that Nuku, at least, like that was an idea on the table, tribe unity. Where in the Mana tribe, I, I don't think that anybody had really taken a leadership position of you know. Yet Tony, who was kind of just worried about who's my five you know Malcolm I thought you know and I've talked about that I think that Malcolm just as a survivor player is always I think uh, better suited to be a beta male as opposed to like the alpha male mm-hmm. like uh, getting like nine people to follow him he's not Boston Rob uh, out there he's not one of these people that's going to uh, even like you know uh, an Andrew over on Bion on where it's sort of mm-hmm. like I'm like looking over a whole group and like my people inter- not in a alliance of four or five an alliance of like you know seven or eight where you're really sort of like trying to like uh, oversee and manage a whole group of
1: people i i don't think anybody you didn't have anybody there who has that Yeah, Malcolm is actually very savvy. He impressed me in last night's episode, just kind of his read on what was happening at the tribe. And yeah, nobody has really stood out as the person who's going to be a natural leader of that tribe. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter anyways, because that tribe's over. But, you know, there are some people that, like, I thought Troy Zan really positioned himself well. You know, nobody's throwing out his name, you know, and again, early on, just trying to make solid connections, have people come to you. Sandra, Sandra had a great move early on, you know, even though she had a lot of not great moves in that episode as well, but... They come when she came over to the water, the, the water well, and they said, "Who do you want to get out?" It was Tony. He said, who do you want to get out? And you know, early on, you don't want to throw out names because it's going to get back to you. She said, "Well." I don't know, who do you guys want out? She didn't want to say any names. And they said, I don't know. Well, you tell us some names. And she said, Why don't you tell me the names you're talking about? And then I'll respond to that. Right. And and that's a great early on. You do not want to be the person throwing out names because it's going to get back to you. You tell somebody you want them out or you want somebody else out. It's going to get all the way around until they know, hey, you're throwing out names.
0: Well, that was one of the things that Sierra mentioned in my exit interview with her, where she felt like that in the scene that we saw where she was, you know, quote unquote throwing out names, she was asked, Okay, if Tony has the idol Who should we go after? And she said, well, then it should be Beast Mode Cowboy. And Malcolm was part of that conversation. And then she felt like that Malcolm uh, really – that got the ball rolling
1: against her because Malcolm didn't want to see Caleb go home. Yeah, and, and, and even though it was a small mistake, it was a mistake. She should have said, I don't know. Who do you think it should be? Throw it back on somebody else. Don't be the first person to put out somebody's name. If you say, I don't care what question you're asked, when it comes to who do you think we should go, say, put it back. Who do you guys think? What do you guys think we should do? Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think we should do. And, and early on, again, it's not a logical vote early on. That's all the reason that tribe needed because everybody is so afraid. I do not want to be the first one to go home. I did right. not put my life on hold for two months to be the first boot. So as long as, there's, as, long as you give somebody any little reason – it's a little mistake and it sucks. And I feel bad for her because she's a good player. I think she could have gone far. Yeah. When you look back at your own experience, do you feel like that there was one particular thing
0: that you did wrong going back to? Because it's, again, like the shorter of the amount of time that you're there, the more magnified every decision you make must be. Do you have
1: something that you think about? Uh, For second chances? I mean, Again, I, I think it's tough because it's just being the first boot. There's not a lot of logic that goes into it. Shireen hit the beach and she was like, "Let's go, Vitas or Terry." And people are just like, "Okay, we're, we can get behind that." With the way the lines were fractured, I, I could have maybe worked a little bit harder. I could I maybe could have seen a few things, but it's tough when it's the first boot. Blood versus water. Yes, there's a lot of things that I wish I could have done differently, would have seen, not trusted. You know, R: does there's, it almost make it easier in
0: in that way where it's like, hey, I wasn't there for that long. I couldn't have you know screwed that much up.
1: With first boot, it really is. It's people's most primal fear. Like to be, you know, the first person out to be gone first. It's people aren't acting on logic. It's tough to change Mm -hmm. it. Once the tide is going in a certain direction, it's hard to change that tide. And, uh, you know, I was, I I knew votes were coming to me then, but I don't know if there's that much I could have done. Maybe, you know, early on people said, or Varner, I think, said it early on that game. He said, you know, maybe Spencer isn't trustworthy. And I kind of stood up for Spencer. You know, like, hey, this dude, we played chess together. He came out to L.A., spent the night on my couch one time. Like, I think he's a cool dude. I could, I, maybe I shouldn't have stood up for people more. Maybe I should have been more in flux with how it goes. But when people are gunning from you out the gate, it's really difficult to get that target off your back for a first first vote.
0: Of the two games, is there one that you think about a lot more?
1: mm I mean second chance more recently and there's more emotion around it for me because it was so sad being the first boot. Yeah. I think that's the one if I wake up in the middle of the night like <gasps> like that's oh man, yeah, it was the first boot. It sucks. Uh Blood versus Water. I guess because i played more i had such a more positive experience that time even though we did mm-hmm. get we got blind i didn't get blindsided in second chances i got blind when my brother got voted out in blood Rush right. water that was an amazing feeling to like see the votes written down like wow like we got blindsided that was yes. that was really fun survivor moment being a first boot was not a fun survivor moment to get blindsided is like it's interesting be the first boot it's, it sucks
0: who else uh, from this cast uh, do you have any relationship
1: with outside the game that's pretty much it. You know, like me and Sierra, we've talked a bunch since the season. Brad. C- Sierra Don Thomas? or no, Sierra, Sierra Easton. Okay. And she's gone now. Uh, Ozzy and I see each other regularly. Ollie's, Ozzy's been doing a lot of yoga. Yes. Before Ozzy got, before Ozzy went out to Fiji, we talked a little bit before he went out there. And I've told everybody who I know, like, don't spoil it for me. I don't want to know what happens. Right. Um, but other than that, I don't really have any connections. Was Ozzy taking up yoga as a way to prepare for game changers? I think so. I'm not sure exactly. Ozzy doesn't, you know, he's pretty, he wears it pretty close to the chest. He doesn't really, he's not really, you know, open guy with his feelings, thoughts and emotions. Does Ozzy think and talk a lot about Survivor? Because I think
0: in a lot of ways that he seems like he is uh, like sort of aloof and above it and, you know, wouldn't really get into like, you know, uh,
1: talking about the game, like having like a conversation like this. It just sort of would be boring to him. Yeah, Ozzy doesn't really like to talk because, uh, you know, I, I talked to him a lot yesterday because I saw that eight minute preview of, you know, the marooning and tell me about what happened. And, you know, his whole thing is I, I just wish I wouldn't have jumped off the boat that fast. And I'm like, but you, you know why nobody jumped in after you because you're Ozzy and nobody thought that could be. He's like, well, it was just a bad choice for me to do that. And I wish I would have stayed on and helped my tribe get more stuff. You know, and that's all he wanted to say. And we wanted to have a big viewing party last night. Like, yeah, let's invite a bunch of people. Come on. and He's like, I don't really want to. I maybe want to watch with a couple people. I, I don't think he loves the game aspect or the show aspect. He loves survive. He loves the adventure. Mm-hmm. I know that even given a chance to go back a fifth time, he'd be back there in a heartbeat. You know, Ozzy lives and breathes living on a tropical island for him. Like that's the best thing you can possibly give him, but I, I'm not sure he loves the show, the actual airing on TV, part of it.
0: It does seem as though throughout his Survivor career, he like keeps the you know uh, the Survivor fandom like at arm's length. Uh, he does not want to particularly engage with no, like these doesn't. conversations yeah. that are happening outside of the game, and that's fine. You know, that's uh, you know every uh, to each their own. Uh, with that, it just seems like somebody who has done so much. Of this and has played so much Survivor, it's almost like a weird disconnect that they don't really enjoy talking
1: about. It is. It's totally weird. It's a totally weird disconnect. But, and I look back on his game from Cook Islands was the first time he played. Yeah. When he got, and for me, that was like one of the biggest disappointments of victories. And I know a lot of people thought, yeah, Yule should have got it, whatever. Like, I, watching Ozzy play that game, you know, he is built for Survivor, and I really wish he would have won that season. And I don't think he's really. Going to change his game around that much. Knowing him as a person, I don't really know how far he did, how far he went, but I don't see Ozzy changing his game much at all. I think you can expect that from him, and I think that's an advantage for Ozzy going into this game because he's never been seen as a super villain, a, a massive strategic threat. You know, he, he's good at challenges, and I think if he, I think if he makes the merge, he'll start to be seen as a threat because people know he can win. But other than that, it's Ozzy. Everybody knows we're going to get. Let me ask you some questions I have
0: from the listeners of Rob Has a Podcast. Are you, are you up for this? I'd love that, man. I
1: love the listeners of okay. Rob Had a
0: Podcast. Amanda Rabinowitz wants to know from you, Vetus, WWMD.
1: What would Monica do? Uh, you know, I think that that's a great gameplay for Brad. I I don't think he really thinks about what his wife would do at all, but you know, when he invokes the fact that you remember, I have a wife and I default to her, what's the easiest way for an alpha guy to seem not alpha to make it seem like his wife runs the show, Mm -hmm. you know? So, Hey, I'm not an alpha. I just wonder what my wife would tell me to do. Right. That's a great way to make people seem like, Oh, he's not going to be that bossy.
0: Yeah. I mean... For Brad to, you know, uh, bring up the spectrum, what would Monica do? I mean, could you tell me what is the Monica Culpepper uh, Survivor Manifesto? Like, how what is her Survivor worldview?
1: Mm, Monica Culpepper, you know, I never really... I played with Monica on mm-hmm. the same beach for for a couple days, but I still don't really know what Monica's Survivor manifesto is. I think Monica is more of an old school player. She stuck with her alliance for a She's long a neat time. Lady, she made an alliance with uh, Jervis and Tyson early on, and she stuck with them till the end. You um, voted for her to win the game. I voted for her to win because <laughs> I was still bitter at Jervis for for, for hosing my brother. So okay, I did well, not want Jervis second. That's good, to good get that you admit, that you admit that after you say <laughs> I, you know I, I played with her for all this time. And I couldn't tell you what she does in the game. By Will say this having gone out to Tampa and spent time after blood versus water they invited me out there and I came for a weekend and mm. she is the nicest lady man she's so sweet neat lady has a, is a great mother her and Brad are great parents man like they have such a cool house there and the great family and they're so proud of their kids I love them I think they're awesome people okay Matt Lefton has a question.
0: Uh, Do you think that the new twist factored into the landslide votes of nine to one and seven to two? Is this a positive for the
1: pre-merge or a negative? I don't think the new twist factored in much to those votes at all. I think, you know, like I said, the, the first vote is, you know, make it easy. It's not me. Sierra gave them just the smallest reason and it sucked for it sucked for her. But, you know, she is a villain. And you can get her out. Brad told me when he found out when they came to that challenge the next day and they saw the Sierras vote out that they were happy. They're happy because they're like, yep, she's she's a slippery person, you know, we're happy that one of those types of people has gone off the show. So mm-hmm. I think everybody is kinda of easy vote for them. Yeah, I don't I don't know if things are going that's factoring in yet as far as not splitting votes. What do you think?
0: Was it a missed opportunity to not have Immunity idols on the beach. It looks like that the idol is going to be back in, hidden, back in, the, in challenges. the challenges. Yeah, it looks like that, like we saw back in uh, Survivor Second Chances. And um, I believe it's it was the the first. I know it was the first episode, right? I guess I guess your season it was just one. It was just mm-hmm. just just you uh, your tribal council in that episode, and as opposed to two tribal councils in the first episode of this season. And so uh, Wentworth found that idol during that first challenge, and an idol was potentially in play at the first tribal council, we've seen two tribal councils and no chance to get the idol. So for somebody like Tony, he really never had a shot if his whole game relied on him finding an immunity idol to hold idols back until at least the third challenge of the season.
1: I feel like seems like maybe a missed opportunity. Did they hold it back or did just nobody find it? Cause it's I gotta guess be, so, it has that, to, what, there what, has to be a so, clue at the beach now. Yeah, and it might have been me, available for the second immunity. But challenge. you have to imagine that if there was a clue to be found, Tony would have found it in six days. no, you know, Wentworth found a clue within the first few hours, and she got it at our first challenge, right? She was that very first challenge. So she had an idol going into the very first tribal council. Mm-hmm. It, would Tony have found it? I don't know. How, how hard are they making it to find this year? You know, every year that, that, that beach producer has is who's in charge of placing it gets to pick. Do we want it or not? I would have loved to see it. I love how complex idols make the game. Um, and then you get to start splitting votes and doing weird things, but... Right. Like if we would have
0: had that seven to two vote uh, against Tony uh, and he does have an idol, I mean, uh, does, you know, uh, uh, what what gets changed? Uh, I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Kevin Donnelly. wants to know, is Sandra the greatest
1: ever? If Vita says no, please kick him out immediately. Yeah. I mean, by I mean, by what metric, by the metric who's won the most, then absolutely she is. You know I mean, what other metric can you have on, on uh, other than who has won the game because the point of a game is to win the game? so by that metric, then absolutely, is she the smartest player or the most strategic player or this? I mean many many things can be argued, but you can't argue the fact that she's won two million dollars. mm mm-hmm. yeah. I the whole idea of taking her
0: to the end, though, I, I watched one of those secret scenes and Troy Zan was talking about his alliance with Sandra and they asked him like uh, or he was talking about like, uh, he's like, yeah, Sandra, I'd go to I'd go to the end with her because I'd sit there and I'd say, D- look at me. Look at didn't I have balls to bring Sandra Diaz to the end? And I think if I was a juror, I would vote for her uh, for that. It's like, yeah, you th- th- that was a
1: dumb idea. I think I think it's easy to conv- it's a logical line to convince people of while you're on the beach to say, take me to the end. As viewers, as people with a bit of perspective out here, we could say maybe not the best thing to listen to. Yeah. But if I was on the beach and she said, take me with you, nobody's going to give it to me. I would maybe think, yeah, she's kind of right. Maybe nobody would. I think she's she's got a good game. She's good at convincing people. She has excellent people. Skills. I think you'd have to be crazy to go to the end with her what would it be like to have her as your mom dude like is she always on man like I'm the queen yeah she's not gonna take, take me it with yeah no. take out the garbage right now don't do not mess with me because I remember in blood versus the queen water, is
0: still the queen
1: when we were in casting her daughter was yeah. in casting and I remember seeing her I'd be like I think that's Sandra's daughter right so I was, I would always be interesting to see like what is she like outside of the is this it seems like this is her personality oh I don't think that she puts anything
0: nothing, on nothing for on. Survivor yeah. I, I mean I think that Sandra uh, uh, out of all the people that we see and talk about i think she's probably one of the least fake people that Absolutely. there is yeah you know what you see is what you get with sandra it's uh, she's uh, it's, not putting on a mask really at any
1: point with uh, these other players i think i think that you know if you look at old school like kind of survivor who's a threat who's not a threat is once if she hits the merge, she's not really a threat to individual challenges. Maybe she might sneak to the end. I mean, maybe not even letting her hit the merge is the good move or taking her all the way to the end. I yeah. don't know. Well, in heroes versus villains, there was
0: a point where, her and Courtney were sitting there, and the Villains Tribe had to decide, are we going to vote off Courtney or are we going to vote off Sandra? One of them was going to go home. It's the closest that she ever came to getting voted out, and it was really like a coin flip of who was going to be the fifth villain to join them at the merge. They felt like, okay, well, Courtney has more friends over on the Heroes Tribe. She has Amanda um, that she, maybe that she knows uh, JT from Steven. And they ultimately kept Sandra around, and she goes on to win the game. But it's a you know a interesting thought experiment of what happens if that vote goes the other way.
1: Yeah, what happens? Well, then she's definitely not necessarily the greatest of all time. That's for sure. You know, because yeah. as of now, she is, and I. I absolutely think that she will be dethroned this season and not win the game. And then, you know, what happens? Does she get to come back for the winter season again? And then she's going to play her fourth time. And then, then what happens? Once Sandra gets a taste of getting voted out, then what happens? Yeah, well, that'll be then interesting. Then what kind of player yeah. is she going to be? That's going to be interesting to watch. Okay, Teresa Johnson wants to know, does
0: Venus think that putting on the fat suit, quote unquote, is a good ploy for returnees that are challenge beasts? Did it not look like JT was flaunting that belly? Now, Teresa is famously referencing back in heroes versus villains when james clement referred to colby as it's like (laughs) superman in a fat suit Uh but uh, i've said that i think it's a good idea for these people that are you know you're very worried about them coming back and oh they're gonna
1: win all the challenges to come back with an extra 30 pounds yeah i think that it's you don't want to get unhealthy before you start the game you know fish back messaged me before second chances and he said hey so you get what are you doing before the game starts you're getting really fit you're getting really skinny what are you gonna do Mm -hmm. and i said you know i think it's difficult to shock your body if you put on a lot of weight or take a lot of weight off it's a shock and you want to just be at the best health you can be going into a game like that one of the best things that ever happened for a challenge beast was when tyson hurt his shoulder early in blood versus water because then it was all of a sudden and and you know and he really kind of played that up like oh my poor shoulder i think that just Better than putting on a fat suit is maybe just tanking it in some of your performances early on. Look at Ozzy. Ozzy has showed that he's not going to tank anything. He's swimming out and being the best in challenges possible. I don't think JT really cares about his level of fitness that much and the life that he leads. Maybe he's gotten a little bit lazy now that he's a millionaire. But I don't think and that— And married. Yeah, I think that for him it doesn't— has he, was he known as a challenge beast, JT? Yeah, I mean, he, I believe, won the final three immunities coming
0: out of... Uh, so, I mean, he was always, like, a big, That's strong 10 guy. Ten years Pete, later, though, right? Right. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's quite ten. <laughs> uh, maybe it's, like, eight or nine. Uh-huh. But, you
1: know, that, uh, like, he
0: was uh, certainly in the team part of the game. Like, he was, you I mean, know... he was in his,
1: like, late 20s, right? He was, like, a young, strong guy. Like, dudes, you know, he's pushing yeah. 40 now. It
0: was a season where you had a lot of, like, athletic guys out there you know you had Tyson and uh Brendan and JT uh, you know uh coach with coach was there uh so it was definitely a uh a season where there was a lot of uh you know uh, uh you know macho guys yeah
1: I'm gonna give a direct answer to her question I don't think you should put that weight on but I don't think he put it on and I don't think it's gonna hurt him I think it's gonna help him that he has that little belly people are gonna not be intimidated 15 pounds that's, that's, a on, good, that's a good thing for him put on 15 pounds before you go on Survivor I think you just need to be healthy, man. You're gonna get your that game is taxing, dude. I don't think it's a great idea to like create anything in your body that's gonna hurt you. Is it true that this
3: is
0: why Aris has been spotted at In and Out Burger, uh, getting six uh, double doubles uh, to try to pack on weight for another Survivor appearance? Aris
1: wakes up in the middle of the night screaming, "Winter season!" You know, Aris is ready to go. He is just putting on the pounds. He's doing. I come over to the house doing puzzles every day. He has he has his torches lined up. He's ready to go. Is it true that he has practiced uh, starting to sweep for spy bunkers? You know, Ar- like I said. Aris is ready for the winter season, man. Aris cannot wait. You know, he is ready to go back. Once the call comes, he has his bags packed and he is ready to go. Fire is life. He has a fire going at all times in this house. Yeah. Uh, Judy Baldwin says, I noticed that not only were they given a smorgasbord of food
0: to eat, but also fresh water that didn't even have to be boiled. Is this the Caleb effect? Now, did you notice anything with the rationing?
1: So you know, anytime you have the, I love it when they start the game with the marooning. I think it's classic Survivor. Sure. It's my favorite way to get it started. And just know that any provisions that you get are they have an expiration date. So we're yes, we see them eating all their fruit, all their corn, all their stuff, and I can you know, and I, I I'm pretty sure that that's going to run out very fast, and they're going to start to deal with meager rations. When I talked to Brad this morning on the phone, I said, Hey, did you get any rice? With that? Mm-hmm. And he said it was the smallest bag of rice he's ever seen, Uh-oh. which to me leads me, it leads me to believe they're going to run out very fast of all their provisions, and they're going to be struggling very soon. So yes, good times now, bad times to come. That's my prediction. Okay. Uh, then Derek, uh, Derek Aboucher wants to know,
0: was it too soon for Sierra to return in your mind? Uh, I think that's an interesting uh, question to ask. So she played... And the second chance of season, Mm -hmm. she's obviously very top of mind uh, to come back. You know, it's a season all about game changers. And she's somebody who certainly uh, did change the way that people at least uh, talk about the game. So was this after, again, a second season where she really, you know, was adamant, pounding the table, play the game, make a move, come on, let's go, everybody, for her to
1: come back uh, so quickly? I think it was... You know, when you play hard and you play strong... You're playing for the now. You're not playing for next season. And nobody plays for next season. Nobody plays for, oh, I'm just setting myself so if I get asked back, I will have a better chance. Everybody plays for the now. She played for the now. And I don't think it was too quick for her to be asked back because she never played back-to-back seasons. She never had to pull a Zeke or a Malcolm where, you know, you come home and you get a week, and then you go right back out there again. You know, she had a year off each time to think about it, to think what she could have done better. You know, anytime you're portrayed as, you know, playing hard or slightly villainous, it's going to be tough to come back and deal with that, you know. And I think Tyson is the best job I've ever seen of somebody doing that. When Tyson came back for blood versus water, he just had fun and he made jokes and he made everybody feel happy and he was like oh this villain tyson i love this guy he's hilarious who wouldn't want to play with him he's awesome mm-hmm. and do you feel like that part of that carefree attitude came after losing in heroes versus villains or that's just who tyson is i think it's a, i think it's both first of all it's all, it's who he is but also when you make such a bad mistake like he did in heroes villains and get portrayed so poorly you can't really do much worse than that like me if i ever got to come back like i can never do worse than i did Right. I, I finished freeing? No, it's freeing. Because I
0: talked about this with Sierra, and I said to her that, hey, look, what else can they do to you?
1: The worst case scenario has it's already, already happened. happened. Yeah, if she gets to come back again, she's a free player. She will get to just enjoy it, knowing that, hey, I've already my worst fear has already been realized. And when you don't have any more fears, they are so free to play whatever game you want. You know,
0: I do think that they, a Sierra return is intriguing just from the fact that she could say— I learned my lesson like uh, the way that I was playing was never going to work.
1: Yeah, it would also be interesting if they ever had uh, winners versus first boot season because then she could be on the first boot tribe. You know, she's (laughs) they love her, man. Like and they used her a lot in the marketing of this season and running up. So as far as CBS is concerned, it was not too fast. She's one of Survivor's standouts for sure. And I I think she'll be back in. What do you think?
0: I think I think. I don't know. I, I really I just don't know how many I, like how much are we going to bring back uh, returning players? If, if it's going to be the kind of thing where it's a returning player season every spring, if we're doing like one a year and it sort of ends up going in the direction more of the MTV challenge, I certainly could see her being uh, back on that list. But if we end up like having now a little bit of a drought where we don't bring people back for a couple seasons, I feel like that uh, I don't know. You know, and and you know, life gets in the way. You know, mm-hmm. uh, she is a young woman. Who's to say she's not going to have you know another uh, another small kid? Um, you know that. Who, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? Let who me knows? Po- let me poll the studio audience. Uh, Taryn, Sierra's playing again. No, no. Okay, Alex. Eventually, eventually, eventually. Okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. While we're here, why don't we talk about Tony? Okay, is Tony going to play again in your mind?
1: Tony will play in the winter season. The winter season. Yeah, whenever that comes.
0: I mean, do you think that Tony is going to
1: suffer a similar fate in the winter season? Yep, I do. I think Tony will play again, and Tony will be pre-merge again. As much as I love him as a character, he was great, dude. He's Kagayan was set up so perfectly for him. Just the way the pieces fell, the the, the people that he got to live with, only so few people would fall for Tony's stuff. And I think that if you have savvy players on the beach with him again, people aren't going to fall for it. I feel like you're not that high on Tony as a player. I, I... I loved I think he was a great winner and I loved his season. And I think, you know, there's always an element of luck to the people you're put with. And I think that he was fortunate and like a lot of the savvier players, they were gone by the time he really got to 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 use his antics. And I think people aren't going to let him do it anymore. Edmo asks, coming into the season, Tony
0: was considered a top five baby or top 10 player of all time. Does his
1: performance deteriorate his legacy and or help Sandra's? Top 10 and with what metric? His level of sophistication or his level of entertainment? Because top five entertaining for sure. Level of sophistication? Absolutely not. Like his, okay, Spy Shack and just mixing it up. He's not a sophisticated player in the outwit part. And there are many players that have, I mean, Michelle Fitzgerald. Was she a sophisticated player? Absolutely not. But she beat Aubrey, who I think was a very sophisticated player. mm -hmm. So, you know, what metric are you using? I just don't think people are going to fall for it again. You think his legacy ends up being tainted from this? This won't taint it, no. I,
0: no, I, 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 uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know what you came away with. Like, what was the new discovery? Like, wh- how is our worldview of Tony
1: different today than it was two days ago? I think, I think it would have been more tainted for him had he made it a little bit deeper and had just been... You know, quote, sort of people saying negative things or not trusting him. It, 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 you can kind of get halfway through the game and have people just questioning your every move. Like, ugh, Tony, he's so lame. Continue to put him down. He went big. He went hard. That's who Tony is. And you know what? That's he, He'll stay that way in, in, in the lore of Kagayan. He's too big for this game. Too big for this game. <laughs> uh, it's not Tony
0: that got small. The game got small. That's right. All right. Um... Edwin Johnson wants to know, uh, how can yoga help us get over the loss of Tony from this game?
1: Well, well yoga is about being in the moment, man. And we have to be we have to move on with the pieces that the we present. Have. You know, like for me, my yoga practice is very physical. And, dude, I'm getting older. I'm pushing 40 soon. And, you know, we all can't do the things we used to. Mm-hmm. Tony couldn't do the things he used to, man. Tony, you know, had to evolve and he didn't. And our yoga practice has to evolve or or else that's it, man. So I I love the dude. Just take a deep breath and let's move on. Now, I see your
0: face uh, every day on uh, when I log in and I do my workout on my P90. Uh, Mm. I see you that you are the face, one of the faces of three-week yoga. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so I've been fortunate enough. There's this amazing company called Beachbody yes. and they hired me as one of their uh, yoga experts. So right. I am now, along with, you know, Tony Horton and Sean T. Right. and Autumn Calabrese. That's I, my guy, Tony Horton. super trainers, man. Some of like the Biggest names in fitness. Now I get to teach on the same platform they do, and it's been this amazing opportunity. It's, and so it's just cool. like
0: a total coincidence because I started doing it as a my New Year's resolution because you know as we're talking about everybody's getting older, you know I said okay well, I want to get back into uh,
1: working out, and I'm doing that. I'm like hey. That's Vetus. I mean, the future of fitness is online, dude. I yeah. mean, who wants to go to the, like, spend the time, drive to the gym? It's like you can do it in your home for like 20, 30 minutes get a great workout. No, I love it's it. It's, so the only, it's the only
0: way I can do it. I can't go, I can't go to the gym. I'm going to procrastinate all day and, and, and push it off. And then because I was doing it, we, we reached out to them and we had them uh, starting to do some ads on the show. I don't want to make it sound like that this is, that this is the ad. Like we, I started doing this and we got them to come on and be a sponsor. And then we have a one month code. If you want to try out doing uh, yoga with Vetus, you can do it for free for one month. Uh, text Rob to three zero three zero three zero. Okay, that's one month. You can do it. It's three weeks of yoga. You'll be having an extra week to spare. You can start and, it again. You know, here's
1: the dope thing about doing yoga with Beachbody too: is that we designed it to really be like for everybody. Like I'd be happy giving this to my mom. In fact, I gave it to my mom. I was like, "Mom, you need to start doing some yoga." It really is. I don't care if you tried yoga. Don't try yoga. This is for everybody, and you're gonna love it. Yeah, totally. Come to yoga with Vitas. So funny Beachbody story, by the way. They have this like summit every year where their super trainers are famous like tony horton's famous shanti is famous and everybody's recognizing like, oh my god and so people started recognizing me out there and they're like wow how do they know you it was like oh, i saw you on survivor i love you on survivor <laughs> yeah uh
0: so it, it's very it's very fun i just but I, I couldn't i couldn't get over it like oh wow i,
1: I like uh, like you're all like, on the thumbnail yeah, dude, I am, man. I'm, I'm really lucky, man. That's been, I've been so fortunate. It's, you know, it's such a great gig for me. Okay. Amanda has another
0: question. She says that Michaela's greatest weakness is her inability to hide her emotions. But now, in two separate seasons, we've seen Michaela vote against her feelings, uh, voting Mari instead of Figgy in Millennials versus Gen X, and now voting off Tony instead of a weaker player. What does this tell us about Michaela as a player? And that narrative was certainly out in full force that Michaela cannot. Hide how she's feeling, yet we have seen her at different points vote against those feelings.
1: Yeah, so I think I, I think that Michaela's emotion is very difficult for her to deal with. And I have seen many people like this, and my I think we all know people like this. They're very reactive. But then when it comes down to making a choice that they can kind of rein it in. But it's really I think easy to play with somebody like that to know exactly what she's thinking because she can't hold it in. And she'll be a really easy person to read. People that aren't emotional, that, you know, that have a great poker face, you know, this Rob Nino from the Amazon, great poker face, that dude. You're, you're amazing. You're amazing. Very, very, honestly, if you, on the rewatch, uh, not a great poker face. Very so so <laughs> poker face. I just want to get asked back to this podcast. I'm trying to say that. Okay, that's, nice fine. About you, man. that's fine. That's uh, fine. But, you know, it's really easy to read her and everybody can read her really well. And, and it's, um, uh, is that the kind of person you want to keep around because they're easy to read? I say yes. I say yes. Yeah,
0: that conversation she had with Aubrey I thought was uh, really interesting, and that's going up to the Sierra vote, where Aubrey was like, yeah, okay, well, they're putting you out there as a decoy, but those things, you know, they can change. And Michaela's answer was like – "Like she didn't say like, okay, well, that's good to know. She was like, she's like, okay, well, it better change. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's not the right response to that.
1: Yeah, it's not the right response, and she's going
0: to piss people off. But I mean, it's the same thing that happened with Sierra back in Survivor Second Chances, where she was the decoy vote when Andrew Savage wanted to vote out Spencer. And that really ended up starting – and it looked like a good move at the time, but I think it ultimately was part of her undoing, where her and Cass really ended up having a coup against Andrew Savage uh, when they went down to the tribes of, I guess, seven – at that, at the final fourteen in that season, and uh, it was that Sierra was like, "Hey, I'm not going to be the decoy." And nobody, and that's true that.
1: I, I, I'm surprised that Aubrey or maybe some other people didn't realize that nobody wants to be the decoy, and she is going to have emotion around that. Like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna tell them we're going to put your name down. Nobody wants to even be talked about name being put down." So they should have uh, maybe understood her emotion a little bit better than like throwing it to the wind and saying, "Oh, she's just being lame." Or I think she's I would like,
0: say, "Let me be the decoy."
1: Nobody wants to be. You wouldn't say that, dude. When you're out there, nobody wants to be the decoy because once you're the be like, de- what, what Rob It's such a like, uh, boy, he's doing us a solid for that. Nobody wants to be the decoy, man. That's, you know, I, I could totally see her emotion. But you know what? Her being able to being able to read her like that is a great coup for more sophisticated players that are good at reading people.
0: Yeah. Let me ask uh, the studio audience. You like that pawn strategy? Be like, put me up there. I'll be the pawn.
2: Well, yeah, you're literally that's that's what we like rail on people for in Big Brother. I don't <laughs> oh, know what you're talking about. Right okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. They don't like it either. Terrible. It's Terrible. Okay. I uh agree.
0: Felipe Shimon wants to know, Vitas in Cambodia,
1: did you ever ask yourself WWAD, what would Aris do? Oh man, yeah. I uh I it was it's so I was only out there for three days and it was so difficult knowing that people were already against me. I didn't I, I guess I I don't know what Aris would have done, man. Well, yeah. What do you think Aris would have done
0: <laughs> in Cambodia? Uh,
1: I don't man, know. Aris, I just, he would have been eating the fruit the whole time with, <laughs> with wiggles, you know, like we had, we had a marooning, we had so much fruit too. And you know, I realized people were out there strategizing against me and it was difficult because my whole strategy going into that game was don't overplay out of the gate, you know, just lay low, don't overplay. And then all of a sudden everybody's gunning for you and you have to play. Oh shit. Like, oh shit. People are gunning for me. I, I've got to do something. I think, I don't know maybe RS would have done more maybe you know Maybe Aris would have made another fight with Terry to just distract people again. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that Aris is a,
0: a certainly a, a very solid uh, early game player. Right now, right? I think that he's like he is, uh, you know, pretty, you know, affable. That's like, what I was
1: trying to do with he, my early game. Yeah. I was trying to be an Aris. Like, hey, let's just all hang out and I'll Kumbaya. be nice to everyone. You right. know, but in the edit, they only showed me being nice to the girls. I was nice to everybody. I was like, hey, we're all here. Let's be together. And I had very little idea that people got for me because of the connections i had who guns for a strong player like that early on like that's just that's a bad strategy i feel like he's a big tribe unity guy tribe unity man that's what i was trying to play tribe unity early on but you were on a very
0: fractured tribe
1: maria out of here she's freaking out about a bracelet like we do not need that right now Mm -hmm. you know we need to be strong but look who like and that and the people that disagree with me went home right away after that yeah got to keep that tribe uh, strong, I think, uh, early on. Man, people get really too complex. I mean, you know, I'm a mathematician. Elegant, simple solutions are the best way, you know? You, you don't need to overcomplicate things.
0: Okay. Uh, this is a question from uh, Matt Holtzclaw. Who writes, is Sarah Lucina taking the right approach by willing to detach from real world implications and play like a criminal? Now, you're somebody back in Survivor Blood vs. Water who said, OK, well, you know, I'm the reformed bad boy. I used to have this history, but you were very willing and open to share that history because people love the reformed bad boy. Uh, do you see this in any way similar where you sort
1: of like, okay, this is who I was, but now this is who I am. First of all, I don't even know what she really meant by that. Like I was a cop and now I'm going to play like a criminal. I, you know, can a cop really ever try to be a criminal? And so she has experience with them. What does that mean? I, I think she's in a great place. It seems like she's in a good place on her tribe right now. Uh, you know, we, I know the Bush brothers play a lot of mafia. There's a little bit of like, are you in the mafia? Or are you in the village? We do. We play a lot of mafia and you know, I think it's, I mean, you know, I've never had an experience. I, I, my experience is on the criminal side. I've been to prison. I have that experience. I I think it will be, It's difficult for people not to be themselves, and that's what I love about Survivor, is that when you get out there and you're starving and you're not sleeping, I don't care who you want to pretend you're going to be, Mm -hmm. is that you're going to be who you are.
0: But what I liked about what she said was that she sort of said, like, you know, I watched Tony, and he didn't have the same hang-ups that I had about my – like, he would swear on his kids. He would swear on his badge. And she got very upset about that in Kageon, and she's not going to have that hang-up
1: yeah i mean i yeah i i thought she was a good player in Kagayan. I think that she took the you know the power of being the swing vote at the merge to her head a little bit much mm-hmm. and wielded that to you know too recklessly um what about uh hunted uh did you watch that show? I didn't watch that ve uh, could you get off the grid <laughs> uh no i i I love getting off the grid, yeah, yeah. I I, tell you, I think maybe you and Aris uh, could be the two guys that they're looking for for Hunted season two. I could Hunted, or do uh, you think that that really suits my talents best? Hunted. I don't know. Uh,
0: you. That, so you and Aris, you go on the run. You just have to get off the grid.
1: Yeah, I think I think, think we do great at that. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why not? <laughs> uh, I think it, I think it could be a good fit. Yeah. No, I love. I mean, I love. I love. You gotta like uh, outsmart the uh, law enforcement. We could definitely... Me and Aris versus Sarah and Tony. Could we outsmart them? (laughs) Yeah, they should add Tony to the cast of Hunted for season two. Uh, I think that that would be a lot of fun. Tony and Dog the Bounty Hunter.
0: Okay. Um, Justin Feinberg has a a loaded question for you, Vetus. Uh, Mm, I love
1: loaded questions.
0: Has Sierra always been a bad player? Or was she a good player in Blood versus Water who allowed Jeff Probst's hype to turn her into a bad
1: player? Um... Well, it's, it's tough cause I love Sierra as a person. Um, it's, you know, early on in blood versus water, she wasn't with the numbers. And when the merge came, I think she went with her mom. She made some good moves. I, you know, she always gets the credit for going to Rocks when, in reality, she should have made that move, the previous tribal council, so they would have never had to gone to Rocks. Like yeah, she,
0: yeah, I mean, that Tyson and Jervis uh, did really
1: dupe her where yeah, Hayden duped. and
0: Caleb said, like, hey, it's me, you, uh, Katie. Katie. Yeah, we're K- the four. We are the yeah. four
1: new players. We should take this like, right now. It's
0: Tyson, J- Jervis, and Monica, and they're sitting ducks.
1: Yeah, they're sitting ducks. And so. she said, nope you know i think she's a very smart person and and i think that she has more sophistication to her game that that we saw in second chance a little bit more you know the first time out it took her a while she I, I don't exactly know what's happening. I don't think she's the best player of all time, but I think that she has gotten way better. And I'm bummed that we didn't get to see her play more in this season because I think she could have brought a lot to the table as far as what she's learned because she is such a smart girl. I also know that because she's like she's like me was a little bit of a recovering party kid, you know, and I think mm-hmm. she's learned a lot of lessons early in life, being a teen mom, being an early parent. And, man, she's a smart girl. And I think she could have really brought a lot to Survivor this time.
0: Uh, This is a question from uh, Edwin Johnson. Uh, Did Jeff uh, utilize his chances to make inappropriate comments about the uh, survivor snake challenge?
1: Mm, Yeah, especially when Varner was hanging off the head of that (laughs) snake down there.
0: (laughs) Uh, Did you like that challenge?
1: (laughs) I I thought it was a great challenge because the puzzles weren't too difficult. I think when you have a lot of physical aspect to a challenge, it's disappointing when the puzzles are too tough and it completely negates all the work you do Mm -hmm. for the physicality of it. Those puzzles were simple and it was great because they actually got to use the advantage that they created during the physical portion of the challenge.
0: Yeah, and uh, the ring
1: toss at the end was really very dramatic. Yeah, I wonder if it was that dramatic in person cuz it seemed like Rauka I was at the edge comeback, of my seat. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean it looked like it. I saw like Ozzy with like his head in his hands and like Siri looked very nervous uh, mm-hmm. cuz she might have gone home if uh that she would have lost that one. Uh I really I thought it was a very dramatic moment. You know, sometimes these carnival games do turn out to be, you know, a, a more dramatic than the puzzles. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. Hot take? Is that a hot take, Darren? Yeah.
1: Yeah, not the hot. <laughs> yeah, I agree with. I agree with Taryn on that one. Yeah. Well, you guys are just in complete lockstep. You and Taryn. <laughs> what and about that's... what about Michaela getting mad though that she didn't get to step in at the very end? Yeah, like, no, she dude, needs Malcolm. To cool just it. hit six in a row. He's hot. Let him let him finish it. Right. I don't know uh, who she is. Like coming in here
0: again. This is like you know the rookie that just uh, came onto the team and wants to like
1: unseat the star player. Yeah. You know the reason she should have been mad was more that she was in there should have been in for Varner because Varner was the one who struggled and she could have brought much more. More to lifting the snake out of that cage than Varner did. Yeah, it was weird that both JT and Malcolm stayed
0: back in that challenge. Like, I feel like that both teams could have used like another strong guy out there. I guess that they felt like Malcolm was just going to be like like was their best ring toss guy. I mean, he clearly was, but uh, I wonder is there anybody on the team that could have you know had uh, similar ring toss proficiency, and they could have
1: used Malcolm to help get the snake out of the water. Yeah, I mean, even if they use Malcolm, like, it's, yeah, that snake. And you you have to imagine in the pre-challenge prep that Jeff gave them, he must have told them that, hey, this is a 400-pound snake. There's no way they left that out, yeah. you know? Yeah, so uh,
0: we'll see if it's a, uh, you know, a, a thing. I think that somebody else was saying that Malcolm uh, was not in the first, uh, the first part of the, in the water challenge, but I do remember Malcolm and Denise, like, diving down and grabbing stuff out of the water in Philippines, so it's not like Malcolm can't swim. He's
1: not a strong swimmer, though. Even Ozzy said that to me. He's like, well, Malcolm's not a strong swimmer. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wow. Uh, So Ozzy is just like has like a burn book of like he's grading everybody in their
1: athletic proficiencies. No, he just I think he knows that he's the strongest swimmer out there by far. By far. By far. By far. I mean, Haley, Haley's a good swimmer. Okay, Haley's That's why they put Haley and Ozzy at the first out. Remember that? Yeah, I well, I said to these guys, I said, wow. Uh, she was a college swimmer, right? <laughs> Haley was like, she was a strong swimmer, man. I think she swam
0: in school, too. I said, what? Well, epic rivalry. Look, here we go. Ozzy versus Haley in swimming.
3: Yeah. She dives like a ton of bricks, though. Oh, uh, yeah, dive, she was not bad, a good diver. Dive, bad. <laughs>
0: not yeah. a good diver. <laughs> uh, Alex, you, you want to uh, tell us your uh, Haley Ford take about the snake?
3: Well, I mean, she calls herself a cobra, and, you know... Yeah, yeah, it's like a field of snakes and I'm the cobra lying underneath. No, no you're not. And then also she's going to go ahead and drop a snake multiple times in this episode. So Drop a snake. Yeah, wow. she's Haley the snake dropper. That's her new name.
1: Yeah, she really needs to learn how to handle that snake better, doesn't she?
0: All right, all right. <laughs> Jeff, with
3: that take?
0: Yeah. Well, let's not talk about anybody dropping a snake. I think that that's uh that's that's something totally different. All right. This is a question from uh Dylan Dunkley. he wants to say that jeff brought up in his interview with josh wiggler that he briefly wished this season had redemption island before he realized fans would be too upset with that in a returning season do you think that there could be a place for redemption island in the season i have to say this morning vetus uh when i was uh i was up at five o'clock in the morning and i was uh you know uh doing my exercise in the garage like i like
1: to do and i said why wasn't there redemption island this season I, I kind of agree with you. I think that especially with two hours of simple gameplay with no uh, idols or anything to add a layer of complexity, when you have players that everybody loves, nobody wants to see him go. How amazing would it be right now? If we got to see Sierra and Tony just yes, hanging out on a, on a little Island together. Yeah. We get to see
0: Sierra and Tony, uh, and they go to the Island and then Sierra is like, where is Tony? I haven't seen him anywhere all day. He's like, okay, right now I've got this spy shack going on. This is going to be the spy shack at redemption Island. Sierra's not going to know what's happening. Uh, She's like, there's not even anybody for me to talk to right now. What are you spying
1: on? And I love the idea, and they've never done it, of a Redemption Island simply pre-merge. So have it just pre-merge for for a returning player season. Don't have it on new player season. It's too big of an
0: advantage when somebody comes in at the final five. Just for
1: returning players, just pre-merge, because people we love, we want to keep around, man. And I would have loved, you don't need to give them that much airtime. It it would have been a really great idea to have that. Right.
0: They come back in at the merge, and it's like, okay, who knows knows what could happen? And even if they win, because Ozzy came so close to win in Survivor South Pacific when he came back from Redemption Island, that I do think that that would have been a real asterisk on the season where somebody who spent, I don't know how many days he spent on Redemption Island, but I think it probably had to have been at least like two weeks of the game at Redemption Island to come back and win. If somebody, even if they got voted out first and they came back into the game at the merge and then they they wrote out the whole thing, you know, post-merge, I don't think that there would be an asterisk
1: on that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think you do it pre-merge and it's, you do a returning seasons and, you know, players you love get to stick around like Rupert did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What
2: do you say? Th- uh, thumbs up on Redemption Island pre-merge? Yeah. Yeah. I think the pre-merge is pretty good, actually. It's always it's the post-merge that really kills it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of unfair. I mean, we haven't
0: done it on a all-returnee season. We've done it where we have some sort of a connection with. With the players, uh, most recently in Blood versus Water, and then also, uh, that we did, we, no, we didn't do it in San Juan, no, sir. We had the challenge, the, the duel, the duel. Uh, but I think that Redemption, Island, the one time it really, really worked out well was, uh, with you guys, and I think that we could just do it, uh, just pre merge, just a little, a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's fine. Especially when it's people we know. Because it's like when we're spending, you know, with all due respect to like the Christine Markowskis of the world and people Mm. like that, where it's like, okay, well now here's this person that we don't even know and now they're back. It's like, why is this person back? We have
1: nothing to root for for them. Why do we want them to fight for their lives in a redemption challenge? Because we don't even know who they are.
0: Right. But now here comes Candace back and she's like, you know, uh, getting lippy with Brad Culpepper. Uh, All that is good.
1: Great. All that is good.
0: I've talked about this before, but I like that. Okay. Uh, This. This is another interesting question for you, Vetus. Uh, This is on the subject of, as you mentioned her earlier, uh, Sierra Dawn Thomas and... Jordy P. Nelson wants to know there's been a lot of negative energy being thrown towards some of the cast based on their merit of being a game changer do you think that these players uh, will prove us wrong like a Kelly Wentworth or are they destined for mediocrity now we got to see here comes Sierra Dawn Thomas she finds the legacy advantage in a similar way to Kelly Wentworth where a lot of people might have said okay Kelly she was what the fifth person out in San Juan del Sur Mm -hmm. why is she back here she found the idol in the first episode of Survivor Second Chances. So do you feel like that uh Sierra Don Thomas will uh, be able to change that perception?
1: Well I think anybody's cast and, and I think casting knows a lot better than I do, but I think all these people they know they're capable of doing something interesting, doing something yes. big. The people that everybody's kind of giving heat to, like Sierra Don Thomas or Haley, like, hey, maybe they didn't do much their first season around, like they're at an advantage. And they are set up better because they don't have a huge target on their back. Like even like I said, Brad Culpepper, he didn't really do much either. So if you haven't done that much, then people like, oh, well, you're not on people's radar to get out first or people aren't afraid of you. So they have an excellent opportunity to do something interesting. And It's up to them if they do it. But obviously casting saw something in them that maybe they should do it. And again, it is interesting to go back to your metaphor of the chess game where you have this board
0: and, you know, not everybody is starting the game as a queen or yas queen even or a bishop or a knight or you know th- there are pawns who are out there yeah. and it's like okay well i'm not worried about that person that's just a pawn that's just a pawn but sometimes then the pawn can make pawn it all the way make through. It to the
1: end dude yes pawn structure is very important how you position i love chess as a metaphor for survivor all players are not created equal but it's always interesting to me when people try to make a black and white judgment are they worth it or not based on what metric are you saying like mm-hmm. sierra don thomas got a lot further than some of these other players did so by the that metric, she's a better player than, like, what are you choosing to judge it on? Basically, maybe her strategy isn't that sophisticated, because for me, that's the most interesting part of a player. I like to see interesting strategy. I was so bummed when Michelle beat Aubrey. I, 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 could, I couldn't you, believe you that. You said this a couple of times. Now. Oh, my God. I think Aubrey's game is one of the best games of all time that she played, and she, she wasn't a winner. The best non-winner that's left that's in this season for, by far. But, you know, that's my metric. Other people like who's friendly, who's And you're not kind. anti-Michelle. You're just no, very Michelle, pro-Aubrey. No, Michelle was great, man. People loved her. And to her credit, people loved her enough to vote for her. Just like Russell Hans's first season in Samoa, you know? Everybody's, there's so many people that you say, wow, Russell played an amazing game. But Everybody hated him at the end, you know. Parvati, you could say that she should have beat, she should be the two-time winner, but people didn't like her. You he had a bitter jury, you know. Like, there's so many different things to consider. That's why it's such an awesome game to talk about.
0: Vitas, let me see if the studio audience
2: has a question for you. Taryn, uh you have a question for Vitas? I do actually. I'm, I'm pretty Ooh. curious about how you think of how Malcolm and Aubrey handled this whole Sandra-Tony war because ultimately they come out on the wrong side of it. But um, we saw Malcolm and Aubrey vote for Tony. Um, How do you think... Like, what do you think they... uh, Do you think they handled that well?
1: It's tough. Again, early on, my whole thing is you're playing not to lose. So I think in their minds, they probably realize that both of those players are going to be gone soon anyways. And just... The thing about Tony is, you do have to be afraid of the idol. You know, Sandra's not going to be running around looking for the idol. So, you know, there's a couple different variables in there. But the fact of the matter is, is that once Tony's gone, you don't have to worry about Sandra finding an idol, and you know that she can be a little bit more docile and somebody that you have a little bit more of a read on as far as like what she's capable of. She is not capable of as much as Tony is, and so she's easier to kind of rein in. And it's it's tough.
2: Yeah, I was kind of thinking about like I imagine Malcolm probably felt like he had. Maybe, maybe when he talked to, maybe he talked to Michaela, maybe when Caleb talked to Michaela, they felt like, Okay, we can drop Tony, and maybe these people aren't super loyal to Sandra. maybe we can slide into the other side. Um, obviously we're not going to be able to see that because of the the swap but um I, i'm I'm interested to watch Malcolm because I was really uh, impressed with how he handled these for I was very attacks.
1: impressed with Malcolm and and his and just in his tribe vibe and the way he was kind of just really laying low, trying to get the more nonverbal language signs that people were kind of giving off and he was, was good I think that for
0: Malcolm especially, uh, I think that the idea was like, Yeah, we could force the issue here, but I'm not gonna lose the game over Tony. Yeah. Like, not, I think we're gonna to swap. Lose. I think I think that we're gonna go down to Tribes of Six. I'll start playing then. I just need to not get voted out tonight. Yeah. So I, I need to not piss off Sandra and Troyzan and Jeff Varner and get on their, bear, their bad side out of the gate. So whatever is going to be sort of like the least amount of
1: resistance, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're playing not to lose. And I, I don't I, think he was that invested either way. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'll take it back to my personal experience. When I flipped on Brad, I wanted Brad around. He was a great shield for me. He was a great element for our tribe strength. But, you know, it's, I just, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going to stay on the sinking ship here. Let's just let him have yeah. it. Malcolm was on Matt Singh. He's not that afraid
0: of losing the challenges either yeah like he's like they're never gonna vote out me we gotta lose out like nine challenges before they vote me out of this tribe so uh we'll be uh, we'll be fine we'll be
1: fine you just better steady those hands at the end yeah uh
0: Old Reliable, you got any questions for Vetus?
3: Sure. So, uh, one one kind of storyline that was running through the episode that I thought was kind of interesting was how Sari is really trying to just make headway with anyone and can't even, like, get up a first step with anyone because everyone's, like, telling her what she wants to hear to her face. And then immediately in confessional just saying, like, yeah, I'm cool getting rid of Sari. Like, she's so dangerous. So, like... She's got some new life now. They're going to swap. But like, you know, what do you do? Like you were talking about, you kind of have to start playing when you know everyone's out to get you. But, you know, her approach with Debbie, obviously not good. Like saying, you know, like, oh, I'm going to help you out. Like Debbie's the kind of person who needs to be, you know, she she needs her ego stroked, not like a favor done for her. So like what's what's how does Sari get out of the position she's in? Really?
1: I think, I think Suri's in a really bad place. I do. I think that it it showed us on the episode last night that she hasn't made headway with anybody and that the easiest thing to do when you, when a tribe swap happens and you're in the minority is to immediately go to the majority and say, we were going to vote out Suri. So let's just get her out, you know, like just to throw her right under the bus. She's already kind of like if if people if that was the reality is that she was going next, which it seemed like it most likely was the reality. The easiest thing, unless she is like the lone Nuku member or she has some does she have connections on the other tribe? Is there anybody she could really link up with that could like bring her into their fold? Like, I don't see that happening. I think Sari, as much as I love her and I loved watching her play last night and try her best. And she tried. She tried well. You know, she missed the read on Debbie, uh, but I think she's doomed. I, I mess sadly, I think
0: it's part of the problem with having
1: legends out there yeah. with with
0: all due respect with non-legends, because I think the non-legends are very scared of engaging with the legends. Mm-hmm, I, totally. think it's, uh, I think it's an issue. But um, Vetus, I know that you are parked in a spot where we need to move your car. So okay.
1: uh, we should uh, wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. It's going to take a few minutes. They're not going to come right on Okay. Time. All right. Well, They're you're look. You're try. like Lucy goosey. goosey. You're a risk taker. Calculated risk. Calculated risk.
0: Calculated risks. Risks. Uh, What is the hashtag for this episode of the podcast? Oh, man. Do we know? Okay. Uh, uh, any, we can poll the audience. We can talk about it. Uh, again, Cass McEwen coming up on the voicemails, so make sure you get your voicemails in for that. Actually, you guys uh, may have a little bit of a window in between when you hear this until when I record with Cass on Friday morning. Gonna maybe be experimenting a little bit, Vetus, with uh, recording the voicemail show the day after I do the recap to give a little bit more time. Uh, you know, some weeks where it's, it's a it's a scheduling thing.
1: I like that. I also just wish... People you can know, listen to this interview. You should let Cass know that she should probably wear my socks while she does the show, so you can get an added extra insight by just you know by osmosis okay that would be uh, really good you can get those voicemails in RobinsonWebsite.com slash voicemail
0: or call us 323-282-RHAP and then of course we're going to hear from josh wiggler over uh on monday and then
1: david bloomberg will tell us uh, why these first two people lost question about Cass, real quick though yeah Do you think that anybody on this season is capable of the evolution that Cass had on her season to change that dramatically? Do you think anybody on this season could do that or is going to do that?
0: I mean, that certainly it was that Cass was, uh, you know, made that change, but then ultimately, you know, had to revert back uh, by the time they got to the merge. So so that was like an interesting 360 journey for Cass. Uh, Can somebody in the short term do it? I mean, I don't really know who that person is yet. We haven't seen a major departure from any person
1: Mm -hmm. in this season. We haven't. It seems like everybody's just kind of like starting in the gates and like just getting their roles set. And, you know, hopefully somebody will morph and change into something new and interesting for us. Because that's that's when the beauty of returning player season is like who's going to evolve their game and who's going to take something to the next level that we weren't expecting from them.
3: I okay. think maybe the person who comes the closest is, you know, JT from Token Teens to Heroes versus Villains. I mean, he really does start playing much more of a loose game, I think. And yeah, I think he's someone who could be capable of
1: I love that, mixing yeah. it
3: up again the third time.
1: Totally, totally. Okay. Uh, do we have a
3: hashtag? What do you think? Uh, I mean, you know, one idea that I thought was like a pretty prominent idea you guys were talking about that was good was, you know,
1: Play Not to Lose. Play play Not to Lose, a you long. like that? Vitus it's a sucks. little bit long, though. It's a little, it's a little bit, bit long. long. I mean, play it's no statistically I mean, Twitter significant. Yeah. Twitter, yeah. you're taking up a large portion yeah, of your I mean, characters. Yeah, it gives you
3: some characters to play with, but you could have more. You could have more. Yeah, Vitus well, how about this? How about That's this? Uh,
1: what about WWAD? What would Aris do? What would do? Aris do? Yeah, what, cool. what King Aris. What would King yes. Aris do when faced with the king and queen that are on this current season? Right.
0: Now, were you thinking that at any point during this podcast, WWAD, what would Aris do?
1: No, I was just thinking about what is ours eating right now because I'm getting hungry. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering if he's still prepping for that winter season. Yeah, well, sometimes he will stop and get sushi on the way here. I'm sometimes gonna, I, it's, I might uh, do that. I might do some sushi on the way home. Sounding yeah. good. He Sounding may good.
0: that he may uh, he has uh, frequented uh, a Katsuya.
1: Yeah, that's why I would not be going. A, that's where I'd be yeah, going not
0: a Cat Ederson.
3: <laughs> we should yeah. all go out for sushi burritos
1: after this. Okay, sushi sushi burritos on Alex. By the way, Cat is a is a uh, rabid yoga fan now. Oh, yeah. good. I don't know if you guys have seen her social media lately, but well, she is I, a big fan. It's funny that you should Yogi. mention, I believe that Alex time. Kidwell was very familiar
0: with uh, Kat's social media. I think he might have gotten, into a, might have gotten into a Twitter uh, feud with her recently. Nice, dude. Was I allowed to say that? Was that, no, <laughs> that bad? It happened. Should we cut it's, this it's part? No, it's all
2: public anyway. Should we cut this yeah, part out of the podcast? No, no,
0: no, no. Can, no. No. We, can we mention this? What yeah, happened? It's out there. Okay. You do what the, you do. T- tell, tell Vetus what happened
1: today. Oh, do tell.
3: Well, you know, she... Uh, she came for Sierra's wig a little bit. And I didn't like that. You know, it's like, uh, Sierra's a he stood up boot. for Sierra. It's not fair. You
1: know, what What did she
3: do? So she said something about like, uh, you know, all the people who said Sierra's so much better than me. Well, look, she did worse on her second chance. Ooh. And obviously a lot of people were like, uh, this is Sierra's third time, yeah. <laughs> which I think it took had a minute there. But also, you know, just kind of a couple of things where, you know, she came back like, uh, you know, you haven't been on TV. So, you know, what does your opinion mean? And I said, well... You know, I've never flown a helicopter either. But if I saw one crash in a tree, I would look and say, "Something screwed up. Someone, <laughs> someone did something wrong."
1: Okay. Yeah. You know what? I think I love cast, but I think cast suffers from something that cat, cat, not cast, yeah. yeah, cat, cat, Freudian no, cat. Because she took your socks. <laughs> she did take my socks. No, but cat. I think cat suffers from something that cast doesn't actually, and a few players, and you've seen this, is that some people just. Their life is still based in the reality show, unfortunately. And, and the, the, the entire metric that they judge their life by and other people's by is how they performed on this one show. There is a life outside of Survivor. As much as we love Survivor and as much as I, I would be happy to go back in a heartbeat, I have a life outside of that. And I don't you judge just, my self worth based on how, how I got voted I didn't know out there was first. a
0: rivalry between Kat and Sierra.
1: I had no idea.
0: You know, that, I feel like that, I don't even remember. They, did, were they
1: ever even on the same tribe? I wonder what she said about me when I got voted out first. Yeah, I don't. Know I, how, need I, I, don't know. You, I need to and go you back. You actually had something to feed, do with Cat
0: getting voted out.
1: Yeah, no, I did. I, I wanted Cat out for sure. Yeah, I, I love Kat. I Think Cat's great, but I think not that, even Laura Moret had anything to do with Cat getting voted out. Yeah,
3: who yeah. could forget? Uh, and we should just stick together, and we will.
1: You know,
0: shut, shut yeah. it down. Although, did Laura Moret beat Cat at Redemption Island? Is that maybe what I it exactly was the... she
1: did? I think other players just need to remember that when we when we go on the show, like. Like w- 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 there is a vulnerability that happens. You get to see our faults. You get to see our flaws. Yeah. And I think that the only people that should understand that the most is fellow players. And to put somebody down like that is a, b- a little bit of a bummer for me. To see. Right,
0: right. And and Alex, just because you haven't been on TV, you still, are, you still have worth, okay? <laughs> see, Rob says so. It yeah. must be true. And you might be on TV one day. One day.
3: See, see what happens
0: okay all right well uh this was so much fun vetus i'm Thanks, so glad dude. that you uh came by to the studio and uh besides uh three
1: week yoga, anything else you want to uh tell people where they could see you no man just come to my yoga class check me out on Beachbody body my three week yoga retreat or Beachbody online any of that stuff even if you're and, not uh, in los angeles you could
0: still do yoga with vetus uh for one month at least uh use our code uh text rob to 303030
1: you get one month of uh you can, i mean you don't have to Just do yoga with Vitas. You could do anything. I have to say, it it is a really amazing. Platform, the Beach Body on Demand. And it's, I had no idea you were going to promote that when I came here, but dude, it really is. 30 days it, of yeah. like the dopest workouts, the best trainers. It it could transform your life just as 30 days. It really is an amazing thing. I, I want to thank all the fans. You guys, Rob's fans are the best fans, Survivor fans are awesome. It's just so cool to be a part of this community.
0: Oh, uh, thank you so much. And thanks so much to all of the uh, patrons who have come on here at the start of the season, especially. Uh, we really appreciate the support. We're going to do about, uh, what, like 9 million. Uh, survivor podcasts in the next couple of months so happy to have you guys on board we're gonna do all you know a, a ton of shows for you guys uh on the you know main podcast but i just know i'm working really hard for you guys uh behind the scenes on the uh patron side of things as well so you can check that out at robin's slash patron Vetus, uh always a pleasure we'll be back with cast coming up on friday uh, if you missed our exit interviews or the know-it-alls, check them out at robswebsite.com. And uh, do you want to plug your uh, the podcast you guys did this morning?
3: Sure, yeah. So uh, Taryn and I uh, this morning recorded an assessment of the Big Brother Canada 5 cast, which just dropped. Uh, you know, kind of went over the players and our very brief kind of expectations for them. Do You want to elaborate at all?
2: Well, if you want to know what happens when Alex is busy doing a Twitter feud with Cat Ederson <laughs> during a podcast, you'll find out when you listen to this podcast preview. <laughs> All yeah, right.
3: I was I was like I wasn't chiming in as much. I mean, I was I was good with the jokes here and again, but if you're wondering like, wow, Alex hasn't spoken in a while. It's probably cuz Cat uh, was coming from my wing. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, and thanks uh, Scott St. Pierre for the edit of this podcast. Uh, looking forward to reading your comments on Website.com. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.
1: Bye.